The CityNet Statewide Sports Line is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network. All rights reserved. Get your sports fix here. Mountaineer and Thundering Herd Sports. Logan. Chapmanville. Man High School Sports. And more. WVOW. Logan. It is not just one debate tonight, it is four debates, a series of debates, and our final series of debates for election 2020. I'm Jay Nunley on WBOW Logan. We're coming to you from the Sabbath Casas Performing Arts Center on the campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. We thank SWVCTC for giving us this space and being open-armed and open-hearted and uh, open-minded about us using the theater uh, for these debates, and we couldn't have done it without them, so we give them thanks. We also thank all of our sponsors, without whom this would not happen, and we also give thanks to all of our candidates who are once again uh, braving uh, what can be something that's nerve-wracking and all of that, but also they've been braving running for office, and you have to give people credit for having the guts to run for office in this day and age. A couple of things will be different tonight from the other debates. The first thing is uh, there will be fewer questions because we have four offices instead of three debating tonight, and that means ten candidates. And so there will be fewer questions, but there will still be an equal number of questions for all the candidates. Also, uh, one reminder for our candidates, and we won't go through the rules and everything again to save on time, uh, but as we get closer to an election, and this happens every election year, things start to get more and more nasty. I would like to remind all of our candidates about the rule against attacking uh, the person of another uh, candidate. You can criticize their voting record, their policy ideas, but not them personally. I'm asking that you respect your opponent, and if you can't respect your opponent, at least respect the radio station, and more importantly, respect the citizens listening tonight. We will take a quick break, and then we will come back with candidates for House of Delegates. Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Kia in South Charleston, 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com. U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Here's NECO employee Brianna White. When you are a foster parent with NECO, you have a team of people behind you. We have case managers who are in your home answering any questions at any hour of the day you might have. We have therapists. We have staff that can come and assist you with anything that might come up. We work with the schools. We work with the CPS workers. Any way that we could be of assistance to help you meet the needs of the children. Call NECO of Logan at 304 304- 
404-752-7830. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. It is election 2020 on WVOW, live from the Performing Arts Center, the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College's Logan Campus, succeed at Southern. Our first debate tonight is between candidates for House of Delegates. Uh, they include Tim Tomlin, Jordan Bridges, Margita Mazaki, and Susan Perry. Uh, Mr. Tomlin, the first question will go to you, and I will thank all of you for being here and welcome. Uh, Mr. Tomlin, is there a future for coal in West Virginia? And what is that future, and how will you help bring it about in the legislature? Well, Jay, as a lot of people know, uh, they've uh, formed some uh, metallurgical uh, groups uh, doing some studies, and, they, and uh, a couple of the mines around here are doing some coal-to-liquefaction uh, studies and also coal-to-carbon uh, for other things to use metallurgical coal for. Uh, I think, and I would propose, that the state of West Virginia built a state-of-the-art coal facility, coal electrical burning facility in southern West Virginia. How we're going to pay for that, I don't know, but I, if we can put a man on the moon, I'm sure we can burn coal efficiently and without the uh, CO2 gases. And uh, I think that would be a wonderful thing for southern West Virginia. A lot of times we're in southern West Virginia, we're left out of the loop. You see a lot of things are going to northern West Virginia. Uh, I think we've got to the spot over at the Hobet site in Boone County, and there's plenty of places in the West Virginia post-coal um, mining properties that would be a perfect place for it. We have the, we have the supply. We have the transportation here to it. I think that would be, um, uh, and I would support it. Ms. Mazaki, your one-minute response or answer to the question. God gave us coal. God gave us the mountains so we can take, take him. We can, we, we should take it. But I want to emphasize that we want to have workers to be safe. I want that, uh, uh, we have to revisit to see what the safety uh, inspections are because, uh, I mean, we had too many accidents. But I, um, I would like to say that we not only bank on coal, but that we go ahead and uh, expand our businesses into other areas. But I am for coal. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Bridges, your one-minute response or answer. Uh, just do it. Well, do I get asked the same question? Or uh, yeah, question? and then we'll, uh, this is, uh, you're able to respond uh, for one minute uh, to the same question. Is there a future for coal 
in West Virginia. What is that future, and what would you do in the legislature to bring it about? Well, I guess uh, being a coal miner, obviously I'm for coal 100%. I think the thing is, though, we need to look at the uh, regulations that set against coal, look at what is necessary to time, what isn't necessary. Is it outdated? Is it need to be revised? Um, like uh, the mine plan is we can work it into where uh, valley fields is not such a dangerous thing like people think they are. You know, uh, we're not covering up river streams, things like that. We're not killing the wildlife. It's uh, well, I'll get back with you when I get to answer my question. He's gotcha. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Perry. Uh, your one minute response or answer coal is our past and coal is our present and coal is going to be a part of our future. And we here in Logan County and our surrounding areas in District 24 need to recognize that coal is not going to be our entire future. And so we have to keep safety uh, concerns in mind. They have to be at the front of our mind, but then we also have to look for diversification, but coal definitely will be a part of our future. We thank you all very much. Uh, Mr. Bridges, the uh, next question goes to you first, and it is coal-related. Uh, would you support a coal and gas severance tax being lowered or eliminated, and if so, why? Well, there's a, it's a kind of an iffy question. I don't think gas has a severance tax, to my knowledge. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure they do not. Uh, so that would be an issue that to look into. So I think it, what the question is, or the answer is, they need to be um, severance taxed equally. You can't have one. It, it puts a um, monopoly on something, you know, whatever's going to be costing less, things like that. So the end result would be we need to lower the severance tax in a way that hopefully that we can create more jobs, more coal jobs, because if we keep taxing these companies to death, they're not going to want to come here. They're not going to re relocate to southern West Virginia. If, we're, if we put a burden on them, they're not going to come here. So, But the gas tax and severance, uh, coal severance tax, if they're going to have a tax on both of them, it needs to be equally uh, separate, uh, or equally brought on on both of them. It needs to be the same thing. It can't be one's higher than the other. Thank you very much. Uh, Susan Perry, your one-minute answer or response. Without knowing the details, I would have to say that I'm probably not in favor of it being lowered because many of our uh, budget items are funded by those taxes. And so if we had a way to supplant that that doesn't move the taxes to the individual taxpayer, that would be fine. But we have to be conscious of the fact that we don't want to tax our individual citizens uh, in order to benefit industries overly. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Tomlin, uh, your uh, one-minute uh, answer or response. Well, um, Cole has uh, supported the state of West Virginia for a long time. I'm not in favor of lowering the severance taxes on that. Uh, the, actually, they lowered the severance tax on steam coal. Um, I'm not in favor of that and, uh, and for two reasons. It, we, in the southern West Virginia especially, are reliant on that severance tax. You know, just like somebody said, you know, coal is a natural uh, resource. It's here. They're going to come to get it from West Virginia. If that's coal that they're one. Um, what I would propose is that if on the exports uh, for the, especially the gas, I think that we should have a gas, um, gas to liquid, uh, fuel, fuel, fuel here where 
if they use our sources here, our gas and our natural and our natural uh, coal resources, give them credits for building their facility here, uh, like a fracking plant and those kind of things in the state of West Virginia, give them those credits for building those facilities. Thank you. And Mrs. Mazaki, uh, your one-minute answer or response. Um, the thing for me is I would like to see that the tax comes into our budget. We want to have money coming in, but I want to also be fair to the company. So it is something that we need to talk it out. And I don't know who we all talk to, but I'm pretty sure we can get the discussions going. Thank you. Our uh, next question will go to you first. Is there a threat against gun rights in West Virginia? And if there is one, what would you do in the legislature to combat it? Is there a threat to gun rights? You better believe it. Shoo! Our whole land is functioning that we have guns. And here we have the left come and say, and they want to take our guns away. And there is so much going on that is, I'm, 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 I'm un it's unbelievable what's going on here. We need to have our guns. Don't take them away. I am, I am absolutely for it um, because when we lose our guns, we lose all our other uh, amendments. And I am, I am in awe what people will do to take them away. And you know what? The, the left is not. Is they are like, oh yeah, I'm for the gun, for 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 guns, and I am endorsed by the NRA. But at the end, do they actually really vote for us? That's the big question. Thank you. Uh, we will now go to Mr. Bridges to answer or respond to that question. Is there a threat against gun rights in West Virginia? And if so, what would you do to combat it in the legislature? I always think there's a there's a liberal agenda in Charleston, or just the same as it is in Washington. They don't want you to have gun rights. They've actually been talking about the AR-15s, assault. They call it assault rifles, but technically it's 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 just fun to shoot. I mean, they can call it what they want to, but it's a it's it's not like a deadly weapon. So what if it has 30 rounds? I'm a hunter. I'm an avid gun owner. Uh, yeah, they they start to push it. You can get up there in Charleston and listen to them. They do talk about wanting to put regulations on certain guns, like I just said, the, or the amount of rounds one can hold, the magazine can hold. I think the first thing is they need to know the specifically what type of gun they're talking about and how it actually works and how it functions. That would go a lot into how they determine if it's a, a nuisance or not. And as far as the taxes go, real quick, is if the, if they was equal. On the gas and the coal, you could lower the coal as long as every, if they was both paying the same amount, you would have a larger tax base. More jobs equals more tax. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, now we'll ask uh, Mr. Tomlin to answer or respond to that. Uh, is there a threat against gun rights in West Virginia? And if so, what would you do to combat it? Uh, well, first of all, I support the Second Amendment completely. Um, I haven't seen anything when I was in Charleston the last two years the attack on the gun rights. Um, I, I just had to say that I would uh, be against any restrictions on gun rights. I mean, we have the uh, right to bear arms, and, and I can completely support that. Thank you very much. Uh, Mrs. Perry, uh, your uh, one-minute response or uh, answer. Uh, is there a threat against gun rights in West Virginia? And if there is one, would you or what would you do to combat those threats? 
West Virginia is an entirely different place from Washington, D.C., and I don't think that there's anybody in West Virginia that sincerely wants to take away anybody's gun rights. I'm a Democrat, and I'm sure that there's somebody out there that's saying Democrats want to take away gun rights. I don't. I'm a gun owner. I don't want anybody taking my gun away. And so, no, I don't think in West Virginia that there is any concerted effort to try to take away anybody's gun rights. We thank you very much. And our final question before our final statements uh, goes first to you. Uh, does West Virginia need election and campaign finance reform? And if so, what form should it take? West Virginia does need campaign and finance reform. Uh, in the legislature, within the last couple of years, the amount that could be contributed to a campaign was raised. That benefits corporations. That doesn't benefit individual people in West Virginia because in West Virginia, we're a state that's made up of primarily small donors. And if you want your representatives, your delegates, your senators, your governor to represent the people of this state, then you look at those small donors and not corporations. And so one of the things that we need to do is bring that uh, amount of individual contributions back down to what it was before because the increase in that is too high. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Mazaki, uh, your one-minute response. You know what? I don't see it this way um, for right now because I'm brand new in this whole uh, area. But uh, we all need to fill out our reports. And uh, I have seen that there are people just not doing the reports. And I think there should be someone who is actually looking out and looking for the people and say, you know what, do you fill your reports out? Is everything kosher? Is everything right? I mean, I, I see the $2,800. It's a nice limit, um, but whatever everybody wants to get on give is fine with them. Thank you very much. Mr. Tomlin, uh, your one-minute uh, response or answer. In regard to the uh, amount of cam and the camp campaign finance, I don't agree with the increase that was done here in the past, $2,800. It gives a disadvantage to the um, to the smaller person. It gives advantage to the out-of-state corporations trying to influence our local elections. And uh, I would I would vote to repeal that. And uh, Mr. Bridges, uh, your one-minute response. I happen to agree with Tim and Susan. I do think that the money plays too much of a role in our electoral uh, society uh well for just for instance why does it cost somebody 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 thousand dollars to run a campaign that for something that only pays 20,000 a year plus you know your your daily allowance but still yet that's entirely too much money to put forth toward a campaign just to just just so you can get a payout of 20,000 that just does not make sense to me and that's the reason the small person the the person that's just trying to make it make it out there the working guy can't make it in politics is cuz it it's driven by money money's the object of this whole whole scenario and, and until that changes your little man or working class citizen will not be able to run for office and hold office and make changes that are needed in this state we thank you very much now we'll move on to uh 5 minute uh closing statements uh, candidates do not have to use all five minutes, but you're encouraged to go uh, that long if you wish. 
and we will do this in the reverse order we did uh, first questions. And so uh, our first person to give a five-minute closing statement is Susan Perry. Thank you, and once again, thank you to WVOW and thank you to Southern Community College for allowing us to have this opportunity, and thank you to all the sponsors. It's been a real honor for me to run for the House of Delegates. I'm retired, and we talked a minute ago about how the House of Delegates pays $20,000 a year. That's not why I'm running. That doesn't mean anything to me. What is important to me is running so that the people of this district, Logan County, a small area in Wyoming County, part of Boone County, have someone in Charleston who is thinking of them first. Not corporations, not the big guys, but you, the individual citizen. And that's who I'll be there for. And that's why in my campaign I have stressed that I want to have town hall meetings. Uh, you know, this year is not a good example for that because we haven't been able to get together. But in a normal year, I want to be able to get together with the citizens of this district and talk to them about what's going on at the legislature, explain some of the bills that are pending, get their input on what kind of bills they want to have our legislature consider. If you go on the legislature's webpage, you'll see that there were approximately 1,500 bills introduced in the House of Delegates last year and almost 900 introduced in the Senate. Most of them don't get anywhere. Most of them are introduced and that's it. And so if we're going to take the time and we're going to vote for somebody and we're going to send somebody to Charleston, then I want to make a difference. And I want to introduce bills that people in this area are interested in seeing introduced. And so I want to have those meetings. I want to give you feedback about what's going on in Charleston, and I want you to give me feedback about what's going on in your neighborhood. The other thing I have said from the beginning, and I have lived it out, is I have not accepted any corporate donations. Every donation that's on my page is from an individual person or from a political action committee that represents individual people, for example, unions. Uh, I don't believe that corporations need to have a voice in our legislature. This is for us, the citizens of our state. This is where we have our voice. And so that's one of the things that I believe we should live by. The other one is that I won't cross a picket line. If you're engaged in a labor dispute, I may come to the picket line and I may try to help you negotiate, but I'm not going to cross that picket line to help either side. Those are the things that I think are important to West Virginians. I think this pandemic has showed us that our state government was not ready for something of this nature, and our legislative session coming up is going to be very important because we've got to get this state ready. This pandemic is going to be over with at some point. I hope sooner rather than later, but it's going to be over with at some point. But this is not the last time that we're going to have an emergency like this. There's going to be other opportunities for us to have to reach down and reach inside of us and 
and prepare to help our state and help our citizens. And so it's going to be our legislature's task to figure out how we're going to do that as a state and to direct those efforts. So that's one of the things that I feel like I am able to help and contribute to the conversation about that. We're also going to be facing redistricting. This is the last time, unless something changes, in Charleston that we'll be voting for two delegates because there's already been a vote taken and this will be divided up into different districts in the next election, 2022. So this is the last time that we'll be voting for two delegates uh, together. So I feel like I can make a contribution to that discussion too. These are important issues. I'm ready to go to work for the citizens of Logan County, Boone County, Wyoming County, and for the people who really want to see change in Charleston. Thanks for your time, and I hope you vote for me. Thank you very much. Uh, a five-minute closing statement now from Mrs. Mazaki. Thank you, Jay. I know hardship. I lost two babies before my now adult children. I was a single mom for almost five years against my will. At the age of 12, I wore the same white rubber boots every day for three years. I remember my feet hurting before course they were too little. Having sweet milk soup with a few croutons in, uh, for supper. Hearing my parents fight over money issues and seeing my father hit my mother is a lifelong memory embedded in my brain. Losing my parents way too early because of alcohol and nicotine abuse. My parents did the best they could and instilled in me value, valuable life lessons like education, work ethic. Even when you're sick, you go to work. I know hardship. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Hunger is hunger and abuse is abuse. It does not matter from which side you look at it. I am blessed to live in America now, the American dream, and I am thankful for my husband to bring us here to Chapmanville to open up our business in which we can care for people. I'm a Christian. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I believe in life at conception, not to kill neither a baby, a teenager, or an adult. We lose too many lives to addictions. It takes all of us to get informed and to help how we can the addiction um, uh, combat. You say, how can we do that? It all comes down to education and jobs. In general, take the regu regulations off our teachers. Let them teach to their heart's content. Let, them be let us be open to new teaching methods, new school models, whatever it takes to let them be a, let the creative juices flow, to have new inventions, new pioneer ways. The same for jobs, take off burdens and regulations. We want companies here in our state. We have the land. We need to get some better roads. That's for sure. Someone said, they're scared of me. And I'm like, you're scared of me? Not of me. You should be scared of the leftist agenda what they are about to do in, in the United States. I saw personally what communism did to the people in East Germany. 
You take property away. Yes, you don't own your piece of land anymore or your guns anymore. They will confiscate your guns. And the property will be community property. Someone said, I should scare the living hell out of you. And I will not do this on the air. But ask me, and I will share with you. You must be aware that even a little Democrat from here will vote with a big agenda to destroy the freedom that we have. You must know the truth. You all conservative Democrats need to make a very important decision for the health of our country. The Democratic Party needs to reset to eliminate those leftists. I want, they want to destroy our country. I chose to become an American citizen and to uphold an oath to defend America. It's time to defend within. I love this country and I want all of us to succeed. You ask, why should, I, why should you send me to Charleston? I have your interest in mind. I am compassionate with the people here that have endured too long the old body system, the way that things are handled, profited only, only a few. I am passionate that we can change things. We can make life more productive for all living here, especially for the children. Do you know children without a bed? No place to put their clothes? Do you know of women and men abused by their spouses? Depression and violence? All this goes on for years. No help in sight. We need to help the grandparents. They are raising their children, the grandchildren. The foster care program, the abused women. I said that before. It is so important that we are revisiting those regulations and make adjustments to where they make sense. There is a lot to do. Addiction needs to be seriously looked at. Jobs and true opportunities for employment and prosperity. Reasonable regulations for companies to come into our state. Can I do it? You better believe it. It is in your hands. Mamas, you need to stand up and you need to help me. We want to turn this all around. We thank you very much. Uh, up next, uh, Mr. Bridges with your five-minute closing statement. All right. <clears throat> This election is like none, of, none before, from the presidency to the courthouse. I'm going to explain why. Do you want this, Do you want your kids, your grandkids, and future generations to remain free? Are you pro-life? Are you not only for the Second Amendment, but are you also for the Constitution? Do you want less government control over our lives, as I do? Do you want to see taxes? Do you want to see the taxes we pay being spent wisely on investments that will help grow Southern West Virginia's economy? If you believe in these things as I do, then I'm the clear choice to be your delegate, not to be a leader, but rather to be a true representative of the people. Government overreach, such as overregulation and the forever increasing taxes, make it extremely difficult for existing businesses to survive, while also hindering new industries and businesses to come to southern West Virginia. The freedom to prosper and the freedom to create new businesses ended when the government found out that it can control our lives through taxation. A person is not truly free to prosper unless the government is limited. Some things that I have, that have been lacking in the government for far too long now is honesty, transparency, and God. We in southern West Virginia have been protected from a lot of issues that is currently happening across America. We still stand for the flag, we still pray before our sporting events, and we still back the law enforcement and military. We are still proud to be Americans. But the Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi liberals are trying to creep into our way of life. 
This is why this election is so important. We must make a stand and support candidates that hold the same beliefs and values as we do. Also, if Trump, heaven forbid, was to lose our state, lose our state government would be our last line of defense against liberalism. Here's a little bit about me. I am Jordan Bridges. I am 32 years of age. I am a coal miner. I have worked both union and non-union mines. I am a husband and a father of two beautiful kids. Through the ups and downs of the coal industry, I have witnessed firsthand and been through the same hardships as every other working class citizen in southern West Virginia. I know what it's like to be laid off work and having to come home and tell your wife that you no longer have a job. I know what it's like to choose between a gallon of milk for your kids or gas money to get to work. This is just a few reasons why I'm running for office. We need more diverse, we need a more diverse economy to strengthen our area. We need safe roads for our kids to go to and from school on. We need clean water and we need, and with your help we can create a brighter future for our kids. I may not be a rich person. I may not be the most popular around. I'm not a doctor nor am I a lawyer, but I can tell you what I am. I am a hard worker. I provide for my family. I have a great work ethic. Everything I have in life, I have worked for. I am pro-life. I am pro-Second Amendment. I am pro-law enforcement. I am pro-America. I am for less government control over our lives, and I am for small businesses. I will always support our retirees, and I will always support our teachers. I am for creating a diverse economy to create more job opportunities. I am for less taxes. I am for Southern West Virginia's success. I am a conservative with working class conservative values. I will be the working class's voice in Charleston. Are we, we are coal country. We are truly blessed with natural resources. And being a coal miner myself, I'll always vote for what's best for our area, area and coal miners. This is why I cannot and I will not vote for Joe Biden. A vote for Joe Biden is a vote against coal in southern West Virginia. I will never go against what's best for our people. So when you go to vote, ask yourself, does the person running for office support your views? Do they support the pro-coal candidates like Trump? Will they take what's, most, what's important to you to Charleston? Will they be your voice? I can say I will be voting Trump for president, and I can also promise you this. I will work just as hard for you, the people, as I do my own family. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Mr. Tomlin, uh, we ask you for your uh, five-minute uh, closing statement. Thank you, Jay. First of all, I'd like to thank you all, WOW and the uh, Southern West Virginia Community College, for putting this on. I am a graduate of Marshall University with a B.A. in finance and management, and I'm self-employed with interest in Logan, Chapmanville, and Mann. I'm an Eagle Scout and a member of the board of the Hatfield-McCoy CVP board. My family has long been involved in community service in Logan. My parents, Tom Rose Tomlin and Jackie Sue Tomlin, revitalized the old Logan Theater, now the Coldfield Jabberie, and founded Christmas in the Park, which I have been president of since 2008. I am proudly endorsed by the United Mine Workers, West Virginia Education Association, West Virginia School Service Personnel, West Virginia AFL-CIO, the NRA, and West Virginians for Life. These are just a few of my endorsements. You elected me to the House of Delegates for the 24th District in 2018. It has been an honor serving the people of Southern West Virginia for the last two years. I like a lot of these other candidates. I support our president. I will always support our president, whoever it, whoever it is. But I, I support our current president. One thing I do is I don't run on other people's 
other office holders' track records. I run on my own. I'm pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-coal. Other candidates say that. They support these issues, but my voting record in Charleston proves that I am, that I support these issues. I also supported $50 million in extra funds for our secondary roads. You know I supported the elimination of income taxes on our Social Security. I support a cap on insulin costs to make it more affordable. You know I supported our foster care system. I supported our volunteer firefighters, first responders, and state troopers. I supported increases funding for our better for better broadband service. And you know I supported a bill for economic needs of Southern West Virginia. These are just a few issues that I supported in the last two years. We have many more challenges with the COVID-19 virus and the tensions that have risen over the past. We need to work together and overcome our differences as West Virginians, citizens of the United States. Our best accomplishments have always come when we work together. This is the only way we can keep America the great country that it is. United we stand. In my two years as your delegate, I have proven that I work across party lines and that I have always been accessible and transparent. I ask for your support, not as a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, but as a concerned citizen of West Virginia. Thank you. I wish that uh, we were able to have an audience here to give uh, all of you a hand. I will do so verbally. Thank you so much. Congratulations on making it this far, and I wish all four of you good luck on November 3rd. Thank you so much. Up next, candidates for the state Senate. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia, home of Friends of Family Pricing. We got the 19 model Ram heavy duty trucks right now up to $6,500 off on the 25 crew tradesman or $7,500 off on the 3,500 crew bighorn. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Here's NECO employee Jennifer Smith. We struggle with placing teenagers, and we would love to have more parents get involved and step forward that will have a heart for these teenagers to teach them how to become an adult, to be loved and cared for, and want them to succeed in life. And you could be that person. Call NECO of Logan at 304-752-7830. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans.com. 
evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. It is Election 2020, our final series of debates tonight. From the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on the Logan campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College, succeed at Southern. Up next, we have candidates for state senate. Uh, former Delegate Rupi Phillips and Delegate Ralph Rodigero. Uh, also, um, gentlemen, I welcome you as I have welcomed our other candidates. And uh, by random selection, Mr. Phillips, the first question goes to you. And it is a question I have already asked uh, candidates for House of Delegates, but uh, a lot of people want to hear this also from state Senate candidates. Would you support a coal severance tax in West Virginia being lowered or eliminated, and why or why not? Well, Jay, it's real simple. First of all, only way I would support it, because the counties and the Board of Education are fully funded from these, or no, I shouldn't say fully funded, but funded from these. Only way I would support a uh, coal severance reduction is if they are funded, whether if it's either a two, or three, four, or five-year process, of lowering and, and increasing them from the general uh, general budget, I would do that in a heartbeat. But Jay, the thing is, we can't con- get it right here. We can't uh, keep competing against other markets, other states that has like Pennsylvania zero, Indiana zero, Illinois zero. That's jobs we're losing. I would rather have jobs, but we have to find the mechanism to fund the board of education and the counties. It's that simple. I thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez, your response. Yes, I would not support lowering the severance taxes. It keeps our teachers working, keeps their jobs secured, and I would not support it. Well, we thank you very much. And, Mr. Rodriguez, the next question goes to you first. To tackle the drug problem in West Virginia, do we need more law enforcement, more prevention, or more treatment, or do we need a combination of all of those things? Um, that. That particular subject hits home with me. I've lost several several family members. I recently lost a brother right around a year ago. And, you know, I don't think there's one fix, Jay, for this uh, horrible thing that's attacked uh, West Virginia, probably more so than any other state. Um, I think the, the rehab rehabilitation programs are great, but I think we need to get in earlier than what we're getting. I think we need to introduce something like into the uh, – lower middle school, uh, grade school age to educate these kids which direction not to go in. So, yes, I think it's a combination of several several uh, situations to attack this. Thank you. Mr. Phillips, your uh, one-minute response or uh, answering the same question. Well, Jay, first of all, I do feel sorry for my opponent for losing his brother to this addiction, okay? It's very sad. We've all lost family members and friends. But, you know, also, as I stated last debate, my opponent voted no against the bill that would help increase the penalties to drug dealers. We can't sit and listen to the trial lawyers and get their drug buddies off, their drug dealers off 
off the, the hook. We have to stand strong, as I said before, draw the line in the sand and push back. You want rehab? We've got to have faith-based rehab. We've got to show them God. We've got to show them that they're worthy of being a human being. Show them that they're worth of, of living. Thank you. Uh, our next question goes to you first. Uh, this is a census year. It means redistricting is coming. Is redistricting going to be a problem for our 7th district and the rest of the Coalfield districts? And if it is, what can we do to fight it? Well, Jay, first of all, I have preached we have to have census. People don't understand how important doing a census is. We are right on the verge of possibly losing a congressional seat because people are scared to fill out a census. The census is a lot of funding mechanism through federal dollars. We have to have it. I'm not sure. I haven't been in Charleston for the past two years, so I'm not sure what the redistricting would, would be. But, you know, there's one thing about it. If I am elected, elected, I will live in the district that I live in, or serve in. I promise you that, Jay. Thank you very much, Mr. Rodigueros. Uh, same question to respond or to answer. Uh, uh, is redistricting going to be a problem for the 7th District as, we, as this is coming up after a census year? And if it is going to be a problem, what can we do to fight? Mm, gosh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I'm along the lines of thinking about the redistricting for the House of Delegates. I know it's going to bring down to one representative instead of two. I really don't know how to affect the senatorial district uh, and, 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 and how it would harm the, the people representing them. I'm not sure about that. Thank you. And uh, the next question uh, goes to you first. Uh, population loss, people leaving West Virginia, especially our area, is a huge problem for us economically, spiritually. It hurts our tax base, and it hurts our people. What can the legislature do, specifically the state senate, but the legislature do, to turn us from a state losing population into a state gaining population? Well, I think one step we've already took, the Hatfield-McCoy Trail. Uh, I think we have... 50, let's see, 56,000 people that visit out of state uh, visit our Happy McCoy. We have tourism, I think. We got uh, unlimited amount of resources to, to capitalize on tourism. Uh, we have created 462 jobs with Happy McCoy. We need to go a little further. We need to, I think I've heard a term of bringing a little Gatlinburg in uh, southern West Virginia. I can see it happening. Um, we we, I think we capitalize on the, on the beauty of West Virginia, and I don't know really how much more we can do if we, if we go in that direction of tourism and keep our coal, mine, coal mining jobs. Uh, I, I think we have a future in southern West Virginia. Thank you, uh, Mr. Phillips. Uh, same question or a response. Uh, what can the legislature to do to turn us around from a state losing population to one gaining population? Well, Jay, it's like selling a house. We're going to buy a house, I should say. You look at what what does this area offer, okay? So if we're going to make West Virginia and, and sell West Virginia and bring people in here, they want good schools. They want good infrastructure. They want broadband. The governor just announced last week this broadband project, which is great. It's going to help West Virginia a whole lot. But we've got to get rid of all these lawsuits. We are still right on the edge of being the judicial hellhole. We have to be more business-friendly. If we're going to bring corporations in here, we have to get friendly. I've never seen somebody have a job without a company. It's so simple. We have to bring businesses. If it's incentives, whatever we got to do, 
give them some property, cut their taxes for X amount of years, whatever it takes, get the people in here. But we've got to clean the area up. The litter, it's bad. We have to make, make our state shine. It's a beautiful state. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll now move on to a uh, five-minute closing statement, and we'll reverse our order again and start with Mr. Rodigero. Okay, going back to the future of Southern West Virginia, um, you know, I, I talked about a bill last time about uh, increasing, decreasing the taxes for new business coming to Southern West Virginia. Uh, I was I was told recently from the Happy McCoy Trail uh, supervisor that we are very short on hotels and motels and places for people to stay to come in. They turn away thousands of people a month because there's no place to stay. I think we give them the tax break and give them a reason to come in Southern West Virginia, give them a 10-year tax no taxes on the business on the corporation comes in. That will work. It will feed itself. It will create jobs in southern West Virginia. If we've created 462 jobs already, imagine if we got 10, 12 more hotels come in, a business, the job side a whole bit. Uh, I think if we go in that direction, I think it'll be, uh, it, it would pay off. Thank you very much for your participation tonight. Uh, Five-minute closing statement. Uh, Mr. Phillips. Well, Jay, I'm going to go back a little bit on use my five minutes on the House of Delegates when you asked them about a contributions from corporations or, or they all made first of all, a corporation cannot donate. Miss Perry said it, a political action committee. Corporations cannot donate. Get over it. Let me talk about this. Just this last, just this month, hundred and fifty three thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars and forty five cents has spent on our race in, in positive for him and negative for me by trial lawyers. Trial lawyers, Jay. Do you know, Jay, that trial lawyers are not taxed on anything they win? That goes into their corporation, Jay. Wait a minute, Jay. We've had this conversation. We won't go there, but you know what I'm talking about. We have to find, Jay, trial lawyers, roughly, this was in 2016 when I was on the tax reform committee, $75 million the state of West Virginia loses on trial lawyers. Why is trial lawyers fighting me with false advertisements? My opponent, he voted on the same bill they're beating me up on, the mine safety. Let's see, which is, oh, God, Jay, I got it right here in front of me. Uh, buh, 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 350, SB 357, Creating Cold Jobs and Safety Act. My opponent voted for it, but they're attacking me on it. You know who else voted for it? Senator Kirkendall, Senator Stallings, a total of eight Democrats. On the gas bill, they're attacking me on, Jay. Where's that? Nine Democrats voted for it in the Senate. Senator Kirkendall, Senator Stallings voted for it in 2015. So did my opponent's uh, divorce lawyer. He voted for it, Jay. What's up with this? Trial lawyers, they don't like it. They know I will go over there and support any legislation to tax them on their winnings. You know what I'll do with that, Jay? I'll send it to the teachers. That'll be a bill I'll introduce. Tax the trial lawyers, send it to the teachers to fully fund the PEA and everything else they need. Jay, I'm from Buffalo Creek. Proud hillbilly. I won't back down. If you want a fighter in, in Charleston, you better vote for me because liberals, if you give them the opportunity, they will take control. They will implement gun control. As I stated before, the red flag law, there's some delegates out of the Eastern Panhandle has introduced it, Jay. The liberal leadership in Charleston, you give them the opportunity, they will take our guns. Don't be fooled. 
Look at Virginia. Hey, I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing. Again, as I stated last time, my opponent introduced 476 bills in the past two and 12 years. That's not good, Jay. That's not good law. And eight of those 12 years was when it was Democrat control. What do you think he's going to do? We all know Governor Justice is going to win, hands down. What's he going to bring back here to the 7th District? Nothing. He ain't brought back nothing. But, Jay, you give me an opportunity to go around and serve for you and to the 7th District, I can guarantee you I will bring something back to southern West Virginia and the state of West Virginia. I'll bring some jobs in here. I'll support teachers. As I said before, let teachers teach. They know what the kids need. And another thing, Joe, you said we could talk on our opponent's uh, voting records. Jay, he voted for fraud. Voter ID, he voted against it. That's fraud, Jay. You're going to have ID when you go get a pack of cigarettes. So why shouldn't you show your ID when you vote? It's real simple, Jay. Jay, I want to thank you and the radio station, Aaron, Mike, the college. I appreciate this. I think it's a great idea with the COVID epidemic. We're going to win this. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, I will congratulate again both candidates uh, for their participation tonight. Up next, we'll have candidates for Logan County Sheriff. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia in South Charleston. 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. Here's NECO employee Becky Adams. Foster parents are one of the biggest resources that can be used to help children heal from trauma. And it doesn't take a perfect parent to be a foster parent. Just somebody that is willing to open their home, open their hearts, and provide them with some stability, love, and structure. Call NECO of Logan at 304-752-7830. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. 
and 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with its own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. It is election 2020 from the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on the Logan campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College. Tonight is our final series of debates. We have two more debates to go. Uh, now we are going to welcome candidates for Logan County Sheriff. This includes Paul Clemens and Christopher, Chin, uh, Christopher Trent. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. And uh, by virtue of random selection, our uh, first question will go first to Mr. Clemens. How well does the Logan County Sheriff's Department work with other law enforcement in and around our county, and can you improve the working relationship there? Yes, Jay, I definitely can. After speaking with some of the uh, Logan County deputies, uh, they say there's a horrible relationship in working with other agencies. Uh, they're not even allowed to talk to their own members on the U.S. 119 Task Force and share drug information due to uh, the forfeiture money. They don't want to share the forfeiture money with the task force. Uh, I work with the state police. I work with every agency in this county, and I can definitely work with all these agencies, bring us all together, share all of our resources, and make it to where we can just have one unit to work on drugs. We thank you very much. Uh, same question for you, Mr. Trent, or a response. How well does the Sheriff's Department in Logan County work with other law enforcement in our county, and can you improve that? Well, thank you, Jay, for the question. And uh, to my knowledge, what uh, Chief Clemens said, um, I don't know that to be factual, but I can tell you that uh, as far as with the cities and the towns uh, and with the state police, it seems everything that works well. Actually, there for a short while, the Logan County Sheriff's Department and the West Virginia State Police actually had an agreement. Uh, there were some scheduling issues with some of the deputies for a short period, and uh, so there was a, a cooperative agreement with the schedule uh, that the Sheriff's Department covered certain hours, and then there was a certain segment of the night that the State Police covered, um, and that turned out fine. So if there is an issue, I'm, I'm not aware of it. Our next question goes to you first, Mr. Trent. How effective is the U.S. 119 Drug Task Force and other drug enforcement uh, sort of task force beyond U.S. 119 Drug Task Force? And are there adjustments you would make to that task force? Well, Jay, thank you for the question. And uh, if I was elected sheriff, uh, we just spoke to the uh, deputy sheriffs the other day at a meeting, and I answered them honestly, and I told them the truth, as I'll tell um, everyone listening you know, to this, I will always speak the truth. So I would look at every existing program, and I would want to see the benefits that it brings versus the, what it costs the taxpayers. Um, I do know that a lot of the work that the U.S. 119 Drug Task Force does is, you know, sort of secretive. I mean, that's not, I mean, everyone's not, you know, privy to that, not even other law enforcement. Um, I did uh, the other night, funny enough, read a 200-plus page report from the Appalachian HIDA uh, to Congress um, talking about the task force, so I do understand their mission. Um, I know that they are there to take down DTOs, drug trafficking organizations, and you know now the question is in Congress: is uh, are those still around? Because it seems to be that the, you know that the meth is coming from Mexico and the fentanyl is coming from China, and so now we're kind of dealing with low-level dealers, and that's what we ran into last year, where 
you know, President Trump zeroed out Haida's on the budget, and then they were later, or they were added back in later. So I would definitely take a look at it. Um, I would definitely take the time if I won election between there and January 1st uh, to learn all the details, and then I would make a decision based upon the interest of the citizens. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Clemens, uh, same question or response. How effective is the U.S. 119 Drug Task Force and other drug task force in the area, and are there adjustments you would make to them? Well, the U.S. 119 Drug Task Force is successful, but I think they could be more successful. I think we need to reach out and try to find more resources to get them more uh, manpower. Uh, we need to get other counties involved. The U.S. 119 Drug Task Force is made up of all law enforcement agencies in about three or four county area. We need to try and get more counties to get involved and for them to get grants to have someone to be on the task force. There currently is a DE opening, DEA opening on the, the uh, task force for DEA from the Logan County Sheriff's Department that's not been filled. I would try to fill that position and uh, just continue to get resources for those guys to be able to do their job. They do do a good job. I work with them on a daily basis just about, and uh, they're very active. Our uh, final set of questions, uh, we've got two more to go, and this next one goes to Mr. Clemens first. Would Logan County benefit from having satellite offices in the far-flung regions of our county, whether it be Sharpless or Cow Creek or someplace up Route 44, uh, sort of like the Ambulance Authority does? Could we benefit for satellite offices for the Sheriff's Department? No, absolutely, Jay. That would be uh, be a big benefit. Um, I've worked in this county and other counties where you would go to an area of the county where you don't have anywhere to sit and talk to someone. You don't have anywhere to interview anybody. You don't have anybody where for the victims will have to maybe drive all the way to Logan from Hearts Creek just to talk to you about their problem. Uh, I think a satellite office in each area of the county would be very beneficial. It would allow the uh, police officers uh, give them a place to go where they could sit and actually talk to people instead of just putting them in the back of their cars and trying to interview them. Uh, yes, I'm all for satellite offices, and I think there should be more. Uh, uh, same question for you, Mr. Trent. Uh, would we benefit from satellite offices, and is it possible to create them? Well, let me just break the news to you, Jay. So, yes, we could benefit from them. And uh, the sheriff and I had a meeting on the phone with the director uh, of OJP, the Office of, the Office of Justice Programs in D.C., um, and we we received nearly $60,000 from the Coronavirus Emergency Supplemental Funding Grant. And so I guess I'll break the news here on WVOW. Uh, there will be a satellite office going to Hearts, and there will be a satellite office going to Man. And we plan to allow the community there on a, uh, you know, um, probably monthly basis or so to eventually go there and pay their taxes. If you're a victim, you can meet, you know, you can meet with the deputy there. So, yes, it's needed, and, yes, it's happening because of the hard work that we put in at, at the sheriff's office already. Our last question before we go to final statements or closing statements uh, goes to Mr. Trent first. In your estimation, what equipment and training do our deputies need most, and can we get it? Jay, thanks for the question. I think it's in this time in America, that's probably on the forefront of everyone's mind when you're talking about law enforcement. So the training that we can probably get more of our deputies involved with, and I think certainly every law enforcement officer needs it, uh, is more training that deals with community policing, uh, de-escalation training, uh, situations like that. You know, in this day and age, uh, deputies, troopers, uh, city patrolmen, they're called upon uh, in extraordinary circumstances. 
and they're expected to be preachers and teachers and psychologists when they get there, and they're just not trained for that. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they go through some very rigorous training for what law enforcement calls for, but they're asked, there's so much more asked of them that, yes, we could get them more training, and uh, God knows that we need to get them more money, too. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Clemens, uh, same question. What equipment or training should our dep- do our deputies need most, and can we get it? Well, on this issue, I'm going to have to agree with Mr. Trent. There needs to be de-escalation training. Uh, we're really just one incident away from maybe having a riot or looting situation here in our own area. Uh, we need more training. Uh, I'm actually setting up a program to get my guys at the uh, Logan City Police more training in de-escalation situations, uh, how to deal with mental health patients. Uh, a lot of our problems right now when we're out here on the streets is we're dealing with mental health issues more than drug issues sometimes. And we definitely need more training in the mental health issues. Uh, to get that training, we just have to go out and try to find additional funding and uh, resources. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Uh, we'll now move on to uh, closing statements. We'll do the reverse order, so we go first to Mr. Trent. Five minutes. Starting in the morning, Jay, Logan Countyans are going to start heading to the polls and casting their ballots in this election cycle during early voting. And no doubt there's been, I hear, nearly 600 people already complete their absentee ballots and mail them in. Uh, so I think one thing that we can all agree on, everybody, both parties, every citizen, is that soon this election will be over, and we'll all probably be happy of that. Um, and no matter how it turns out, I just want to take a second to say that for anyone who supported me in any way, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'd also like to thank you, Jay, Aaron, Mike, and Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College for hosting these debates. Uh, this is an excellent thing that you're doing. As I said in the last debate, I personally like Chief Clemens, and, and that is genuine. I know that we were uh, some of the few candidates talking at, after the last debate, um, and he's always been nice to me, but I do want to take a minute to just examine the record. Uh, Chief Clemens has given us a couple reasons that people should vote for him to be sheriff. His experience and helping and coaching around the ball fields. And I certainly and sincerely appreciate and thank you for your service, Chief, and for volunteering with children. That's always a noble cause. But I want to tell you why I believe I'm the best choice for the job. Since March of 2018, I've applied for millions of dollars in grant funding for the Logan County Sheriff's Department. It's always been available, but no one else has ever taken the initiative to do it, at least not the federal money. Uh, since that time, we've been awarded $1,721,553, actually added up the other day, $1.7 plus million dollars in uh, federal, state, and private funds. Now, many of these grants have no local match, and that means zero cost to the taxpayers. I'm also endorsed by Sheriff Sonia Porter, former Sheriff Eddie Hunter, Attorney General Patrick Morsey, Congresswoman Carol Miller, Senator Shelley Moore Capito, and the West Virginia Sheriff's Association. I also hold an A rating from the West Virginia Citizens Defense League, and my opponent did not fill out a survey in the primary or the general. Uh, but as I always say, the only endorsement that matters is the one that the voters cast on Election Day. Although I don't have 41 years of law enforcement experience, like Chief Clemens, uh, recently he filed a FOIA, as is anyone's right to do, uh, asking for the payroll at the Sheriff's Department. So, as often happens in politics, I filed my own FOIA, and I just want to share a couple things that I found. 
the FOIA was requesting any money or bonus checks that were written to Chief Clemens during his time as Chief Deputy at the Sheriff's Department in 02 and 03 period, I believe. Um, and what I have is I got copies of uh, check stubs of two checks that were written to Chief Clemens from the Concealed Weapons Permit Fund. Check number 1862, written on December 18, 2002, and check number 2102, written on December 18, 2003. One was for $500, the other was for $400, and this is, totals up to $900. Uh, the memo lines on these checks are kind of curious. They say, Gun Permit Assist, A-S-S-T on one, and the other one just says GPA. Um, if that is indeed money, and I do not know, but I mean, because I, I just have a copy of the stuff, but if that is money to assist with gun permits, then that is already a job responsibility that falls on the chief deputy as a designee of the sheriff. And if, if that is the case, then that would constitute an, an illegal bonus under the West Virginia State Constitution uh, It's found in Article 6, Section 38, and in West Virginia State Code 6-7-7. Um, also, in his last year as chief deputy, Chief Clemens' yearly salary uh, was around $54,000, and I don't care to tell you mine because that's public record and you all have a right to know. Uh, mine was uh, a little bit over $40,000. I brought home net uh, $29,000. Um, but one thing that did kind of bother me uh, about Chief Clemens last year is that he also racked up about $4,600 plus in overtime. Um, don't know what fund that came out of. It's not noted. Uh, and while that is not illegal to be paid for overtime, like the bonus checks, if those are bonus checks, um, it doesn't pass the smell test because the deputies at the time, and there were about 11 to my understanding, they were uh, not paid overtime. They were given comp time instead. But as always, I'll be fully transparent to the taxpayers, and I'll post these documents on Facebook tonight so the public can examine them and ask any questions. Um, and, Jay, with my remaining 20 seconds, I'd like to ask Chief Clemens a question if if you'll allow it. I think that was in the rules. Yes. This came up in the most recent gubernatorial debate, and everyone knows it's not a secret, and I've seen a lot of your supporters and my supporters go back and forth, so i just like to ask with my last seven seconds, on November 3rd, would you care to tell the voters if you're voting for President Trump or Vice President Biden? And I'd like you, I'm not endorsing anybody for president. I'm running for the sheriff of Logan County. I'm not running for any other office. And the Sheriff of Logan County is the only office that I'm concerned with. When you go to the polls, you vote in private for a reason. And that's what I'm going to do is vote in private. Like I said, I'm not endorsing any candidate for any office. I'm only endorsing myself for the Sheriff of Logan County. Uh, Mr. Clemens, uh, your five-minute closing statement. Okay, first of all, let me address the uh, $4,600 he was talking about. That all came from grant money. He was right. We did have, uh, I think it was 11 deputies, but what he didn't say was we had to provide three for court bailiffs, which left us a total of eight, plus myself. So that gave us nine to work the whole county, provide 24-hour coverage, to serve mental health petitions, to serve DVPs. That money came from working with the, uh, working with the U.S. 119 Task Force, and it also came from uh, serving DVPs from a DVP grant, and that's where the $4,600 comes from. As far as the uh, uh, the other two checks that he mentioned, uh, it was a long time ago. I really vaguely remember them, but I know that we I gave the money back to the sheriff to buy hams and turkeys for the uh, employees of the Logan County Sheriff's Department and the Tax Department for Christmas and Thanksgiving. I did not 
pocket any of that money, nor did it go into my account. Uh, now, my opponent, the last time we here, asked you to treat this as a job interview. And now I'm asking you to do the same thing and look at my resume and compare it to his. Most of you know my background is in law enforcement as a state trooper, retiring as a major in charge of the daily operations of the West Virginia State Police, Chief Deputy of Logan County under Sheriff John Mendez, Assistant Superintendent of the Dole Arcoon Juvenile Center, Insurance Fraud Investigator for the State of West Virginia, and my current position as the Chief of Logan in Logan County, or Logan City of Logan. My opponent so far has only spoken about being a grant writer for the Sheriff's Department and hasn't said a word about the position as a victim's advocate. What does he do as a victim's advocate? How many times has he helped a victim? What other places has he worked at? What did he do and for how long? Why did he leave those places? What did he do at the Logan County Commission before he left there and went to his current position at the Sheriff's Department? Has he ever held a position of leadership or been in a supervisory position? So far, all we know about my opponent is that he writes grants for the Sheriff's Department. My opponent has campaigned more for other politicians than he has for himself. He has talked about the so-called swamp and the Big D establishment, but he is the one that is getting endorsements from the Big R establishments, from members of the swamp and riding their coattails. I mean no disrespect to either party when I say the swamp. Those are Chris Trent's words, not mine. I have chosen to run on my own and stand on my own two feet and let my credentials speak for themselves and depend and rely on my friends to, to help me with my campaign. Chris Trent has been endorsed by the Western Sheriff's Association, which is comprised of 55 sheriffs representing each county. I seriously doubt that any of those sheriffs or, or many of those sheriffs even know who Chris Trent is but was asked to vote for him by Sheriff Sonia Porter, who he's making as his chief deputy. Well, I have been endorsed by Logan County Deputy Sheriff's Association, comprised of all the deputies in Logan County who work with Chris Trent on a daily basis. He chose to endorse me because of my experience in law enforcement, my experience in leadership and knowledge of the job, and because we have the same goals to make Logan County Sheriff's Department the best that it can be. I'm very proud to have humbled to have received this endorsement as I've been told that I am the first political candidate that has ever been endorsed by this organization. I've also been endorsed by the West Virginia Troopers Association, which is comprised of all the troopers from all over the state, as well as retired members. I'm equally proud to have received this endorsement because it comes from fellow officers that I have either supervised or have been supervised by or worked with that recognize my leadership abilities and investigative skills. I said from the beginning that I am not a politician, unlike my opponent who has run for public office before. While I've enjoyed meeting new people and seeing some old friends like most of you listening, I'm wishing the election was tomorrow. And we could all go back to our daily routine without having to listen to campaign aides on TV and the radio or reading about them in the newspaper or looking at them on social media. I really feel the Office of Sheriff should be a nonpartisan position because a law enforcement officer must treat everyone the same, regardless of their political beliefs, their religion, their gender, their race, or economic state. If elected, I promise to treat every citizen in this county with respect and fairness, regardless of any of the things that I just mentioned above. My door will be open to everyone as soon as this COVID-19 goes away. 
But for now, my phone lines would have to be open if you want to speak with me. I'm sorry, uh, uh, your time has ended. Uh, I apologize for having to cut you off. Gentlemen, I want to thank both of you so much for your time and your energy tonight, and congratulations, and we wish you luck. Up next, uh, candidates for Logan County Commission. This is Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey, folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia, home of Friends of Family Pricing. We got the 19 model Ram heavy duty trucks right now, up to $6,500 off on the 25 crew tradesman or $7,500 off on the 3,500 crew bighorn. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. 304-343-7700 or visit DutchMillerDodge.com U.S. Loans in Man has a full line of Barnett bows and more, including the Barnett XP400, XP380, Raptor Pro, Mission X330, and the Raven R20. U.S. Loans in Man also has over 400 boxes of 9mm shelves. You've been searching everywhere else for them? They are at U.S. Loans right now. And they've recently acquired a $100,000 jewelry deal and will be making some outstanding deals on the items. It's all at U.S. Loans in Man. Call 304-583-6969. The staff and management of NECO of Logan are still providing services to children and families during this current state of affairs. They are continuing to provide counseling and case management services safely and conveniently through telehealth. And for a limited time, NECO is offering online foster parent training classes. For more information, visit NECO.org or call them at 304-752-7830. Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services, founded in 1975 by Riley Joe Evans, is a full-service funeral provider. And 2020 makes it 45 years of offering services that respect all faiths, personal preferences, and financial considerations. They're the only funeral home in Boone, Lincoln, and Logan with a own crematory. Contact Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services at 304-855-3232 or visit www.evans-funeral-home.com or like Evans Funeral Home and Cremation Services on Facebook to see their updated obituary information. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia is a private, non-profit child welfare organization founded in 1896. The Children's Home Society's vision is that each child in West Virginia grows up in a safe and nurturing family that provides for his or her current and future needs. If you would like to know more or become a foster parent, call 304-239-2470. The Children's Home Society of West Virginia, serving children and families since 1896. It is election 2020 on WVOW, AM and FM, and WVOWradio.com. We are at the Savas Costas Performing Arts Center on the Logan campus of Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College, succeed at Southern. And we once again thank the college and our sponsors for making our last series of debates tonight possible. And it is time for our last debate. And uh, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of debates online and otherwise up until Election Day. But for us, uh, this is our last one, and it is the candidates for Logan County Commission. They are Diane Barnett and Dr. Ed White. Uh, by virtue of a random selector, Ms. Barnett, you're, uh, you're, you get the first question first. Uh, should the Logan County Commission look to partner with other counties 
in terms of economic development? Oh, absolutely. I think it, we have to start thinking regionally. When we have tourists come in here, they don't go and see the county line and say, oh, wait, I'm in Logan County. Oh, no, I'm in Mingo County. We have to work together, and I think that's something that we, um, we can be very successful at. Um, especially up there on 22 Mine Road, there are um, several opportunities up there that we can partner with Mingo County. Um, tourism is a big deal, and we have – I'm on the uh, – I have Koi CVB, and I go to a lot of trade shows, and I go to a lot of seminars, and um, you can see that these CVBs and all these counties work together, and that's the best thing for southern West Virginia is for all of us to work together. We thank you very much, and if you would, can you move your microphone somewhat closer to you? A little bit more. We apologize. Uh, uh, Dr. White, your uh, one-minute response to the same question, should the Logan County Commission look to partner with other counties in economic development? No, no doubt about it. Um, my Part of my mantra is cooperation between various agencies uh, within the county, but also uh, taking that another step, partnering with other counties, my experience, along with uh, couple other folks, I helped establish the Logan County Child Advocacy Center about 12 years ago. I'm not sure what year, but anyway, um, Mingo County was trying to do the same thing. It's a very daunting task to get through accreditation for that, but we just invited them to come in with us. It's been a very successful partnership. That's just one example. Um, Logan and Mingo particularly, but also the uh, all the surrounding counties, we need to pull resources our next question uh, goes first to you, Dr. White. We've seen uh, senior housing, especially assisted living facilities, increase some in our county over the past few years. But there is going to be a greater and greater and greater need uh, for this type of facility. Do you think the county commission needs to make that a priority? I do think so. Um, the, I'm not sure how much control the commission actually has over that with the, the funding and so on involved. Uh, I, the commission should do whatever they can to help encourage that. Um, I, I, as far as the funding, I guess that would come from the state, I would imagine, possibly some federal grants. Uh, there have been some issues. The school board got involved in a peripheral manner with that a few years back. And you got to be careful with how the funding is handled. Uh, to make sure that you clearly delineate private versus government funding. There were some issues with that that, that did not pass the smell test as far as I was concerned. Um, so you got to be careful with that. But, yeah, we, we obviously, I mean, I get a year older every year, like, like we all do. Um, so, and I'm, I'm getting to that age. So, yeah, we need it. Mrs. Barnett, uh, the same question to respond or to answer should the county commission make it a priority uh, to get more senior and uh, elder care facilities in West, in uh, Logan County? Well, I agree with um, what Dr. White said. Um, the only thing I would add to it is that as county commission, we could encourage private investors. There's a lot of things the county commission can't do, like he said. Um, but we can be encouraging and help navigate some private investors into that area, and um, we have to make that a priority, too. Our uh, next question uh, goes uh, first to Ms. Barnett. Will you look to find or acquire grant money, federal money, state money to move forward on bringing down these dilapidated structures in our county? 
Absolutely. That's a no-brainer. Um, I will go wherever I need to go, talk to whoever I need. Even private funding. I think there may be some private grants we can get out there. Um, I will turn over every rock, look under every bush, get all the money that we can get. We are limited here to our resources when it comes to our taxes because we're losing our population. When it comes to coal severance tax, which we're losing because of our coal industry. Um, so we have to look at other places to find resources to do that, those kind of things. Dr. White, same question. Uh, should the county commission, uh, or will you, when you're on the county commission, if you win, look to go anywhere for money to bring these dilapidated structures down? Of course. Well, I mean, we need to take them down. A lot have been removed, but there's so many out there. You don't have to drive very far on any of our roads to see that. And they, they do need to be cleaned up. Uh, it's a hazard for the community. Uh, children can, you know, snakes. Uh, drug activity, needles, all, all sorts of hazards for our children, and so those structures do need to be removed. Um, and we need to identify all sources. That's, one, again, one of the things I like to do, pull various agencies together to pull resources, energy, and ideas. Yes. Our uh, final question, uh, uh, before we go to closing statements, we'll go first to Mr. White. Logan County has fantastic youth sports facilities, should we now invest more into arts and sciences for youth? Yeah, um, I, I, I think so. Uh, one of the, the things when I was involved with the school board was, of course, that was academics was, was the biggest thing. After we established some transparency, academics was the next thing that I worked on. Uh, I'm a math and science guy myself, STEM, uh, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math it needs to be emphasized. Um, we have some bright spots in our county. We have a, a terrible shortage of good certified instructors for those areas. But the the arts, um, that, that all ties in, um, and sometimes they call it STEAM. They add the A in for arts. So, yeah, that, that's all the, the whole educational spectrum. It, it, you can't just have one without the others. I think you have to have them all integrated to make it work. Mrs. Barnett, same question. Uh, we have fantastic youth sports facilities. Uh, should we now as a county invest more in arts and sciences? Well, Jay, this is a real easy question for me since my daughter is an artist. Um, I think it's very important that we provide some additional funding and some additional education for art and the sciences. Um, a lot of kids who are not athletic, they feel left out. Um, they could be. We have some amazing talent in Logan County. If you haven't been to any of our plays, you're missing out because we. I'm always blown away by the artists that we have in our county. Um, by the just look at Hop Cup. They sell those those pictures all the time of local artists, um, and we we need to tap into that. Um, we need to provide that kind of education in addition to what we already have. For, for children who feel like they're left behind or they're, they're, you know, an outcast. So, you know, I'm all for it. Thank you very much. And, again, uh, thank you both for your time and for be, uh, agreeing to be last uh, and doing our last uh, uh, debate tonight. We now go to our five-minute closing statements. And in reverse order, uh, we'll start with Dr. White. First, I want to repeat something I've said many times. Republicans and Democrats need to learn to get along. Um, I'm registered as a Democrat. Most of my values would be considered Republican. Um, 
I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe in the second constitution is the backbone of our society. The second amendment right to bear arms is essential to our freedom. Uh, no one feels more passionate about that than I do. Um, so yeah, I'm a Democrat, but those are my values. So I think it's what a person stands for is what matters, not the, the D or the R after their name. I'm not riding any political train. Um, I'll say it right up front. I voted for, for Donald Trump. I'll vote for him again. Uh, some of my Democrat friends don't like that, but um, I think the, the alternative is uh, could be disastrous for our country. Um, but I'm focused on Logan County. I, I have no, What we do here has no effect on what happens in Washington. We can vote. We can throw our voices out there. But the letter after your name in a county office has no bearing on what happens in Washington. That's a much broader issue. Um, I want to make things better here. I want to increase transparency with the commission. We need a new website that's properly maintained. That's I've been through that with other organizations. That's not an easy thing to do. It's easy to talk about. It's expensive. It's difficult. But it needs to be done. I like the idea of town hall meetings uh, for commission issues, for county issues. Um, we have a sports complex called Middleburg Island. You know, to the idea has been thrown around to build something similar to to the one in uh, Shawnee in, in Charleston that cost twenty three million dollars, and it would have cost much more. It's on one hundred and twenty seven acres. Would have cost much more if not for the fact that a lot of the infrastructure was already there beforehand. That would probably be a thirty to forty million dollar project. There's just no way we don't have the land, we don't have the money. I think probably for less than a million dollars, we could make Middleburg Island look like a showpiece. Um, we already have some nice facilities there, but it wouldn't take too much to clean it up, dress it up, make it you know more attractive. Uh, we have nice tennis courts, and so that, I think that's doable. And that can that can help bring commerce in. Uh, travel ball will still exist, I'm sure, because people want to travel. But why not have some of them travel? Why not host some of those here? Uh, I'd like to reunite the Board of Education with the Commission. At one time, that was a very successful partnership. Egos got in the way. A political tussle pulled that apart. That never should have happened. Um, my goal is to build relationships. I've had success in the past. And I'm repeating some things I've already said. Commission, Board of Education, Community College, the Hospital, Chamber of Commerce, the, the Hatfield-McCoy CVB, towns of Chapmanville, Logan, and Mann. Um, corporate groups get everyone working together, and good things can happen. Um, I think we need to consider a professional grant writer to, to work for the commission. Uh, I think the return on investment could be very strong with that. Um, I've served the community with integrity and a sincere desire to help my entire adult life. Uh, anyone that's dealt with me will know when I go to ask for something, it's not for me. I'm asking for someone else in need. Um, I, I have too much, I don't know, I'm too stubborn to ask for things for myself. But I, but I will go to bat for people who are in need. Um, I think our entire county is in need right now, and so I would spend some time in Charleston knocking on doors in the legislature to advocate for support for projects we need, resources we need. Um, I'm not sure what we can do to help with the drug crisis other than 
preventive training that's mentioned earlier to start that early in the school process. You can't wait till high school. That has to start in elementary school educate people. Then you have to have treatment facilities. I think our law enforcement is doing their job, but um, jails are crammed full. The, the jail bill is a huge burden on the county commission, and I think more of that money could be diverted to preventive measures and treatment measures, and maybe we could break even with the money we would save on the jail costs. A jail doesn't solve the problems. It just A lot of times it teaches people new tricks when they come out of jail, they now they know how to how to do it even better with their criminal activities. So I want to make Logan County great again. That's what I'm about. Thank you very much, and Mrs. Barnett, uh, your five minute closing statement. Well, thank you, Jay. And um, first, I want to start by acknowledging WVOW and Southern for hosting these debates. Here's two important assets that provide our county with invaluable services to our community. We tune into WVOW for our local news, emergency information, sports, what's your opinion, local marketing. If we didn't have local marketing, we couldn't have local business. Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College, higher education in our backyard. What a blessing that is. Again, I want to thank you and, and Southern for hosting this. So the Bible says where there is no vision, the people will perish. I have a big vision for Logan County. I can literally see it in my mind. But without execution, a vision is just an idea. We cannot continue to make plans, hire engineers to create blueprints, and talk about what we want to do. Those plans have to be executed. Take a look around Logan. I think I've proven that I can get the job done. Every candidate that's been on this stage can agree that the future of Logan County is economic development. It improves all aspects of our lives, from education to drug addiction. As a county commissioner, my main focus will be on economic development, and you will see real change. In addition to the economic development, our dilapidated housing and litter problem is just out of control. I personally feel that these two problems are easily solved by implementing tried-and-true programs that's worked for other small counties and enforcing the laws that we have. We cannot be successful growing a robust economy without these two problems being solved. So now let's talk about the budget. Let's talk about your money. Our state auditor, J.B. McCuskey, has implemented a program called Checkbook West Virginia. Now, this program is a website where anybody can go on the website and look up Logan County, and you can see every check that the county commissioner has written. We are not in this program yet, but if I'm elected as county commissioner, that's one of the first things I want to do is get the auditor's office in here and get us on that Checkbook West Virginia. In 2012... We had $11 million in our rainy day fund. Today we have $3.5 million. That's, in, that's over $7 million that was spent in addition to our regular operating budget. And I think we do have a grant writer that we pay for through Housing Authority, and she makes $6,500 a month and has been making that since July of 2015. Now, I'm not saying that all the expenses have to be thrown away. Some of these things are absolutely necessary, but sometimes we have to go back and reevaluate some of these expenses. I have big plans for Logan County, and I realize that I'm only one vote in the county commission, but I believe with all my heart that the other two gentlemen there have the best interests of Logan County in their hearts, and I think that we can work together really easily. In order to be successful, we have to work together for the common good. That includes 
sit residents. You can't sit back and expect your leaders to do everything. We have to have more volunteers. We have to get together and enforce, enforce these laws, let people know what's going on. We have to have a lot of that going on. Our residents have to be involved. Okay, so let's clean up Logan County altogether, and let's make it a place that we as citizens are proud of, along with the tourists that visit Logan County. Let's give them something to talk about and not the litter beside the roads or all the dilapidated houses. Let's get our West Virginia pride back and make Logan County the best in southern West Virginia. I've been blessed by God with the skills, talent, and drive to do what's necessary to make Logan County shine again. I'm fearless and resilient. I'm here for the long haul. And I promise you that if you would honor me with your vote, I will not let you down. Thank you. Thank you very much. I would like to thank both of you very much for your time, for your efforts. And, again, if we had uh, the ability to have an audience, uh, we would uh, like to give you some applause, so I'll do it verbally. Thank you so much. We also thank, once again, Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College for providing us the facility and all the assistance and our sponsors as well. Without them, nothing happens. Uh, thanks to Mike Collins and Aaron Stone and Terry Bucklew for their work on all of these debates. Thanks again to all the candidates. And most of all, thanks to you for listening. This has been Election 2020 on WVOW. Hey folks, your man Travis Chopper Fair coming to you from Dutch Miller, South Charleston, West Virginia. Coming to you for some deals on Dodge Durango this month. We got the GT all-wheel drive for only $349 a month or the GT Plus all-wheel drive for $419 a month. Call me for the details and let me chop, chop, chop the prices for you. Dutch Miller Chrysler Dodge.